Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. That's yeah, one o'clock. Time to uh, bring in Sarah Kazell. Yeah. A little social studies action. Hi, Sarah. Hey. You guys Hi, hey. Up? Oh, hey. <laughs> what was that, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> Is that what I sounded like? I don't know. Okay. I think you just, ex- I think you just created a new character voice. Shenanigans Wednesday. Keep, it, real keep it going. Yeah, please. No, <laughs> I don't even know what I did. I'm, I'm the one always. Hey. I'm always the one that's uh, accused of making up silly voices <laughs> to introduce social. No, no, you're accused of ham-handed intros to social. <laughs> oh, <stuff>. Professor <laughs> Serox Zone. Ham-handed. Ham-handed. I'm sorry. Sorry. I would actually love if my hands were made of ham. (laughs) Yeah. They wouldn't be made of nice for long. Like a nice boar's head deluxe. Ooh. A little greasy. (laughs) They'd be calling you Stubby (laughs) Murata. Stumpy Murata. Oh, with that, welcome into Social Studies, everybody. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, please, at Bickley underscore Murata questions go there, courtesy of our Jarrett Carlin, and that is where I pull your answers from. All right. I want to thank Dan and Sarah for combining to have a barrage of people on social media tell me how unfunny I am. <laughs> You're so welcome. Wait, what? That was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Right. Yeah, he didn't forget. I don't get blamed for this. I've been telling people for years you're not funny. <laughs> Vince wants his credit. Give him his they credit. Both, they both tagged me, though. Oh, okay. So I get all oh, the that's replies. right. I did. Yeah. I yes. did do that. Yeah. That's right. I made a real corny joke on, on Twitter, and um, I'm now being accused of, of tweeting more and more like Jarrett Carlin these days. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? That's up to you. All right, let's get going with our first question tonight. Of course, we're talking Suns Nuggets throughout this segment. Game two tonight. Uh, at Phoenix Suns Arena, and Suns fans got national attention, not just in the Valley, but but people were taking notice uh, for just how rowdy and and uh, lit Suns fans were on Monday. So we are starting off by asking this fill-in-the-blank question. Tonight, for Game 2, Suns fans need to come out with more energy than blank. Than DMAC in our last hour oh, segment. Oh, man. <laughs> How about that? I, w- I was told the Suns crowd, not that big a deal. I, uh, I don't know if I should believe that person, but... Well, the way, the, it was just the way he said it. It was like, oh, you cute little fans in Phoenix. You think that's loud? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I do think that was loud. Yeah, you was... know, the Denver Nuggets have always been this model franchise, this, this right. big, hairy American winning, winning machine. I, yes, I, known I, for their listen, home court there, advantage. There are a few things I like more than talking trash, and I would love to, but not if you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm not calling him an idiot, but that's an idiotic yeah. stance. He was having fun with us, I think. But yeah, okay. uh, he was starting to. He was. He was starting some static. Yeah, yeah. city on city some static. Smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vince, what do you think? Fill in that blank. Suns fans need to come out with more energy than. Than what I feel right now. <laughs> wow. Is it coursing through the veins? Wow. <laughs> not yet. I have to work up to it. Yeah. Um, let me think about that for a second. Okay. I'll read some of the responses and see if that, that jogs the memory a little bit. Tommy Two Track says the Suns need to come out with more or Suns fans need to come out with more energy tonight than a pissed off nineteen eighty seven Ron Wolfley. <laughs> That's, That's pretty good. good. Oh! I like this one. They have to come out with more energy than Rodney Dangerfield dancing on a golf course. <laughs> that was good energy. How about more energy than Vince Murata trying to take Stephanie Hockridge to adult prom with a photo of the two of you giving thumbs ups? It's the most sexless photo I've ever seen. Wow. 
<laughs> the energy. What, a way to what is this? It. Uh, Steven Nick Meyer says Suns fans need to come out with more energy than Dave Burns at straight up two o'clock. Oh, that's good. That's a pretty strong one. Uh, and then Dude in the Desert says more energy than a spider monkey hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> wow. More I would I would have voted more energy than a third rail. Ooh. Okay. JC gets paid for his words. JC, uh, more energy than the entire Bickley Marotta crew scolding Jarrett for his horrible Guy Fieri puns yesterday. <laughs> Shut up, Jarrett! Shut up, Jarrett! Shut up, me. <laughs> he writes it down for the end of the week montage. <laughs> I gotta get a three days worth of end of the week in the That's month. material. Everything's material. Alright, moving on to our next question. A good nickname. For the Suns home arena, yeah. you started off the show talking about uh, the Madhouse on McDowell and how we, we need something like that yeah. now. And it was the Purple Palace for a while. That's right. But it's not purple it's anymore. It's not purple right. anymore. So quite a few people did say they still want to call it the Purple Palace, even though it doesn't exactly fit. But if you guys want a new nickname, what do you think should be the new nickname for Phoenix Suns Okay, arena? I've been thinking about this, and, and, and the context of it is there's some great nicknames for arenas, like the house that Ruth built, the big house, the swamp, the shark tank. Yeah. Right? This is the, the igloo, the jake, the, the brickyard. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we need something that, that really kind of speaks to the hostility and, and the rabid nature that we've seen. I like the jackal house on Jefferson. The okay. Jackal House. I don't know why. I just like it. We Jackal's got a, few, a good word. We got a few J's on Jefferson. Do you have any? Uh, I was suggested one that was suggested to me was the Jungle on Jefferson. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. What is up with the gorilla? With the, yeah. yeah, the gift of the gorilla. The yeah. Jumpy House. No, that's terrible. <laughs> what about uh, this one? Go ahead. From Sun's Jam Session podcast, they tweeted us and said one of our listeners came up. With the jailhouse on Jefferson, where the warden locks people down. It's not bad. I like this one, the furnace. The furnace. Uh, There's another one along those lines that I really like. Yeah. The boiler room. Ooh. What about the Phoenix fan dome? P-H-A-N dome? Mm, No. It's got to be something with some heat. Okay. How about this one then? How about this one for heat? Murata's Madhouse. Where's the heat from that? Jake Ryan? <laughs> from number one Vince Murata fan, Jake Ryan. How about the it. Flavor Town Funhouse? <laughs> <laughs> or the Fla- Flavor Town on he, first? He needs to go to more than one Suns game if he's going to get Flavor Town. Yeah, he going to be there again tonight? There. I don't know. Yeah. The All Solar right. Center. Ooh, I kind of like that. All right, final question. Uh, something you guys were talking about earlier today, the M- NBA MVP voting, and not saying that Jokic did not deserve to win NBA MVP, but just kind of lamenting how Chris Paul finished and Derek Rose getting a first-place vote and all this stuff that didn't really seem to make that much sense. So we are asking, who do you believe is the least deserving league MVP in any sport of all time? I have a clear-cut answer on this one. He's come up on the show before. His name is Al Rollins. He was a goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he won the Hart Trophy in 1954, despite posting a record of 12, 
47 and 7, and he allowed the most goals of any goalie in the NHL. What in the world? I still don't know why it happened. I know people are going to point out, hey, he went on to coach the Phoenix Roadrunners. I get all that. Okay. I don't know the story behind it. I've never found out how this mediocre, at the time, goalie won an MVP award in the league. Now, there was only like six teams in the league at that point. I get it, but come on. Maybe pick somebody good from the team that did well. (laughs) That seems to be a good formula for picking an MVP. Uh, Yeah, Carl Malone over Michael Jordan was pretty bad. Dennis Eckersley over Kirby Puckett was pretty bad back in the day. Steve Nash over Shaquille O'Neal was bad. Uh, What do you guys think about Rich Gannon from the Raiders back in, I think it was 2002? Dave Leonard submitted Rich Gannon. They had big numbers in the NFL MVP. Uh, Derek Rose is a submission from Ryan yeah. Wisdom. I think that was the 2011 MVP. Yeah. Brandon Murata, friend of the show, says, <laughs> Never heard of Noted him, son. Ryan Braun. He, well, he does hate Ryan Braun. <laughs> he <laughs> was a cheater, and Matt Kemp had better numbers that year. You know what? That, that tweet got 10 likes, so that usually means some people agree with his submission. I know there's another one that popped up, which I remember it being a very underwhelming class, but... Kirk Gibson winning the National League MVP with the Dodgers in 88 with like 70-something RBIs. It wasn't a great year for candidates that year. But, but, that, was, but that was that leadership he brought to that room. But, was that, that, but that was even, I mean, again, the MVP voted on before he hit the home run in the World Series. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two other baseball ones, the year Terry Pendleton won mm-hmm. with sort of mediocre numbers. And then the year Mo Vaughn won over Albert Bell because everyone hated Albert Bell in the media. Jeff yeah. Kent. Jeff Kent uh, from the Giants also got a few submissions. Uh, GFL 13 uh, suggested Mark Mosley, the straight-on toe kicker of the Washington football team that won an NFL MVP in a shortened year. That Uh never should have happened. A kicker as your MVP? I don't care if you played one game. That should never happen. I'm with you. I'm completely with you. I I can't think of one scenario where a kicker should be MVP. Your team can't be very good if your kicker is your MVP. It's so they, true. They actually were really good that year. That's scary, though. All right, good Remember stuff. Remember that team, don't you? <laughs> Joe Jacoby, Russ Grimm, John Riggins, Joe Theismann, Art Monk. <laughs> Did Art Monk ever injure his back? <laughs> what? Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, social studies every day at uh, 1 o'clock. You can get involved at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. Coming up next, in case you needed more proof that everybody is cheating in Major League Baseball, <laughs> a very prominent pitcher probably gave you the proof you were looking for without saying it. We'll get into that and uh, baseball's big problem next. It's Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. FM, Arizona's sports station. The hottest ticket in town game day giveaway. There's your sounder again for the final time on today's Bickley and Murata show. Looking for caller number 8-602-260-9870. If you are caller number 8, you will win a pair of tickets to see tonight's Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns. Game two at Phoenix Suns Arena. Again, we are looking for caller number 8-602-260-9870. Have you ever used spider attack while pitching? 
Um, I don't... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players, and um, you know, I I think. Uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard, and and uh, I've stood pretty stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot, um, you know. And and I again, like I mentioned earlier, there's you know this is important to a lot of people that love the game, and this is <laughs> including including the players in this room, including fans, including you know teams. And so if MLB wants to you know, legislate some more stuff. That's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. We've got, look, it's only June 9th today. You will not find a more ridiculous, meandering, meaningless, most nonsensical answer to a straightforward question this year or any other year in sports media. I I couldn't believe what I was watching when I watched the actual footage of it along with the audio of it. That to me, because he was asked about a very specific substance, a very specific substance. I just want to play the first 20 seconds of this again. This is Ken Davidoff from the New York Post talking to Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees with the question, have you ever used spider tack? Have you ever used spider tack while pitching? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I I don't know if uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Wow, it's a yes or no question. Well, this this sport is so. Has baseball ever had less credibility than it does right now? Hmm. Maybe during the steroid era, but at least at least fans like right that. after maybe nineteen nineteen, maybe then <laughs> right after yeah. right after the strike. Right after right. this, or right near the canceling tail. the World Series. That, yeah. That's the all time. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Ninety four. Yeah, that's yeah. the all timer. And then maybe like sort of the tail end of the steroid era when everyone sort of knew it was happening. The fact of the matter is the the dirty secret here that baseball is trying to root out is the fact that these solutions have gotten to the point now where they have pushed spin rates, the ability for a pitcher to spin a baseball. And that is important because what the spin rate does, the higher the spin rate means the more it breaks as it crosses home plate. And it's turned the game into basically college softball, where it's either a home run or a strikeout, and usually a strikeout. There's it, It's tilted the game way in favor of the pitchers, way in favor. And now it's it, it's coming out as baseball's dirty little secret. So all of these great pitchers are feasting on the hitters because they're cheating. Well, this and, and sport you've seen never stops cheating. Pitchers like Garrett Cole, who was asked that question, and again, that was completely undoctored audio, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was his actual reaction slash response to that. Uh, Trevor Bauer, as soon as the news came out that the Major League Baseball was going to start cracking down on the use of illegal substances, they were going to look into it. It coincided with a, a, a pretty precipitous drop in spin rates from those pitchers who rely on it. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Never saw that coming. Um, it, it is. It's discouraging. Um, it's discouraging for a number of reasons because obviously it's never stopped going on and it's only picked up steam. It seems like, and I consider myself an outsider in this whole subject from my perspective on the outside, that it is incredibly widespread in Major League Baseball right now. And the fact that it's on the heels of another massive cheating scandal, which had everybody up in arms, certainly more so than this one has people up in arms, to me, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you think I'm stupid for saying this, Houston Astros are off the hook. Why this is, is a, their method this a of faci- ge- this a fascinating uh, uh, fascinating <laughs> observation that you made earlier? But explain it. Why is their method of cheating, which was a team wide thing to help the team's win loss record, why is that looked so poorly upon when Garrett Cole squirming in his chair over the over the use of spider tack? He can't answer a yes or no question. That was a minute of of. Twisting all over the place to say, yeah, I've used it, but I can't say that. Duh, we all use it, but we can't say that. We can cheat, but the Astros can't cheat. That's what it seems like to me. There's something to be said for that. I hate what the Astros did. Yeah, I'll always hate what the Astros did. Yeah. But why is it worse? Because they got rings out of it? Uh, it, Well, it's worse because of that Jose Altuve footage, and they got rings out of it. Because the Jose Altuve footage was so offensive. Look, there's no... It's always about video. Always. There's no degrees of right and wrong. Either you're doing the right right. thing, or you're doing the wrong thing. So you can't mitigate your use of spider tack and say, well, look what they did. And and the, the, the... Shame of it all is that the Diamondbacks can't even benefit from this cheating scandal because they don't have pitchers who throw hard enough <laughs> where they can get late movement on, on stuff you can't even hit. Can't even get the ball to spin. You look at this guy, Corbin Burnsy! <laughs> all right, you look at this Corbin Burns kid who throws sliders at 97 miles an hour. Give me a break. You can't touch that stuff. Yeah, the D-backs might have had a handful of pitches at 97 or greater. Yeah. Oh, boy. The Diamondbacks. Speaking of that, Cattell Marte almost made a tremendous <laughs> yeah. running catch, but he dropped the ball and at the uh, at the fence. And, and it appears, oh, my, my elbow, it's broken. Yeah. Um, so listen, they're not this, officially losing yet, though. No, in the bottom of the second. But this this sport, I'm telling you now, it's and I I, I made this um I made this observation earlier, and it's it's something where. You look at where the NBA season is in the calendar and the fact that baseball is going to have no real estate to claim as their own this summer. If the NBA goes and changes their schedule to go full-on consume the summer and lead into football, it's it's really going to become a niche sport. Yeah, I, I'm, they I'm continue sorry, unless they allow everything. Stealing of signs, steroids, performance enhancers, spider tack, it's all legal. Let them drop their mitts and fight like hockey. Greenies, right. uppers, downers, by the boom, way, pow. I know nobody can see what we're looking, but that should be a catch from Cattell Marte. He had okay. that for like four seconds. Okay. Or two seconds. Okay. <laughs> four seconds uh, in slow motion. Yeah, four seconds in slow motion is exactly what I meant. Uh, our winner for our last t- pair of tickets... Chad Bowen. Chad Bowen is uh, going to the game tonight. You'll have more opportunities to win on the hottest ticket giveaway here on uh, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, continuing with uh, Burns and Gambo. Coming up next, 
Looks like the Nuggets are getting some help tonight for game two. We'll tell you what that means next. Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Suns win. The Suns win the opener. Game two of the Western Conference semifinals tonight in downtown Phoenix. That Phoenix crowd right there, they have a true, real home court advantage. And I'm telling you right now, if other teams that play against them don't find a way to get their fans in their arenas, and they ain't like that, you ain't beating Phoenix. The home of Phoenix Suns playoff basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Bickley and Murata talk Suns, Nuggets, now. Time to take a look at the Arizona sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Today's Sanderson Ford poll question. On the homepage at ArizonaSports.com, what's your prediction for Wednesday night's game, two between Suns and Nuggets? Your choice is Suns win big again, Suns win narrowly, Nuggets win big, Nuggets win narrowly. We kind of covered this earlier. Mm-hmm. I think we both feel like a Suns win is in order, but maybe a narrow win. That's not what I feel. Oh, you think big? No, I told you they're going to win going away. But, but by, you, by, you can oh, by less than 17. You said tight but, in the first half, and then they pull away late. Yeah, well, I mean, they're favored by six and a half. You, by more than six and a half? More, you win by more than nine. That's a big win to me. Yeah? Yeah, so oh, yeah. You think they cover six and a half? I do. All right. yeah. uh, you don't have to agree with me. You can vote somewhere no, it's else fine. if you want. Suns win narrowly is the leading the voting right now, 71%. Uh, Bix choice of Suns win big, 19%. 7% say the Nuggets win narrowly. 3% say the Nuggets win big. Mm. That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it right now. It's on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Yeah, you know what? I think Michael Porter should be good to go. Um, you know, he got treatment all day today. Uh, had a good conversation with him. So, uh, barring anything unforeseen, I believe Michael should be go, uh, good to go for game two. Uh, Will Barton had another really good day. Um, so, you know, I think he's definitely a possible candidate to uh play tomorrow. Now, I'm not trying to say that he's definitely going to play. Uh, We have to continue to have those conversations with the training staff, but for me, the eye test, watching Will uh, play today, uh, I have a lot of hope that he's able to give us some minutes tomorrow, and if it's not game two, maybe it's game three as we move back to Denver. But that's not guaranteed, uh, so let's not get too excited. That was yesterday for Michael Malone. Today, the news is, is broken by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that guard Will Barton is expected to play tonight for the Nuggets in Game 2. Barton has been out with a hamstring strain since April 23rd. Uh, and it's a pretty important piece to what they do. Versatile defender, six foot six. He averaged 12.7 points, four rebounds. He started 52 games. And if he's feeling good and into it, it's another option that Michael Malone could play with in terms mm-hmm. of uh, defending Devin Booker tonight. Yeah, and and I think that um, I I think that's obviously something that's going to help Denver. I th- I think that. The Suns did a, such a good job at finding open guys and kind of shredding that defensive approach that they had in Game One. That they need something different. They need a different rotation of guys. They need a different. They did some more, probably some more foot speed out there mm-hmm. defensively, yeah. particularly on the perimeters. Uh, the perimeter. The idea of running Nikola Jokic around to pressure up top then retreat into zone coverage. To me, it's just that was like that was like high school Harry kind of stuff <laughs> to me. Why would you? Why would you just suck the wind out of your MVP 
for that, for, for, for ball pressure that wasn't even legit ball pressure. So I don't know. I, I do think the Nuggets are going to try something very dramatic, but I think if the Suns are making shots and finding the open man, it's not going to matter. Yeah, and, and of course, I'm presenting best-case scenario for Denver is that Barton is is up to snuff. He has missed 20 straight games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's an opportunity. Uh, I think he, do, he, he wow. does provide a lift emotionally to get back to the to the team to make his first playoff appearance, but... Will he be effective? It's not a guarantee that when you come back from a twenty game absence, you're going to be, you know, right where you no. you left off. No, and there's also that adjustment to the rotation. You know how how comfortable does Michael Malone feel going to him? What is the allotment of minutes? I wouldn't expect a, a huge contribution from from Will Barton tonight, but it does help. Mm-hmm. It does give them another piece to work with yeah. because defensively they were shredded in that second half. There's no that's a great word right. that you use, but there's no other way to say it. Um, so they need all the help they can get. And and I totally expect a different approach from Devin Booker. Um, now, the Nuggets threw different looks, blitzed him, sent two, uh, two defenders at him. They tried it with Rivers. That didn't work out so well. The Aaron Gordon uh, scenario for Denver seemingly did work out better, especially when it was on ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They'll try all those things again, but I expect a different, more hungry approach from Devin Booker in Game 2. Yeah, and I think that that's, again, it kind of speaks to what I think the advantage that the Suns have in this series is I don't know what adjustments you make when when the starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns scored darn near 100 points Mm -hmm. in Game 1 because you're not targeting one specific thing. And that that to me would be very difficult to do. And, And the minute that they stop, blitzing and trapping and all that stuff then then maybe Devin Booker lights him up that that to me is is sort of the beauty of this and I I just think I think the Suns have got wind of something very special right now and they'd be very wise to ride the lightning to quote Metallica I think we found our song of the day I think I've already got one oh actually. do you yeah I think I wrote one down earlier sorry Metallica <laughs> Ride the Lightning is a good song, but I think I got something different. Uh, Monty Williams, we haven't played this one yet. We've talked so much about the crowd. Monty Williams didn't talk about it on Monday night after Game One, but he was asked about uh, the influence of the crowd at Phoenix Suns Arena uh, on the off day yesterday. And here's what he had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly um, a cool atmosphere to be in. I'm not quite sure where it ranks, but it was it was one of the loudest I've ever been a part of and you just can't say enough about the fan base here I've said it (laughs) too many times probably but I I just remember coming here back in the day when this thing was rocking and rolling and if they went on a run you knew you had to call a timeout to try to get the fans out of it that kind of a thing so uh, we certainly appreciate it just an awesome environment to compete in and and we're going to need even more in the next game so i hope our fans are jacked up and and ready to give us that that kind of juice and energy um that they gave the other night because we're going to need it yeah and and i know we talk about this subject a lot because it has been a storyline throughout the playoffs it certainly captured the attention of the, the rest of the nation on monday night in that dominant second half performance but i don't think it can be understated because Coming from where we're coming from as a nation and, and and as a league in the NBA where this season started in December and there wasn't a fan to be found anywhere, mm-hmm. and then they started trickling in and the Suns went to 500 to 1,500 to 3,000 and they slowly worked their way up, the effects 
on both sides, the effect of the crowd in lifting the home team and distracting and working against the away team, that's magnified now because it's so old. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's an experience these teams have not had. Yeah. So everything is magnified on that front, and the Suns need to ride this as long as they can. The uh, I remember it, maybe three months ago when we started talking about this before this, and this was right when sports fans were were allowed to come back in very limited numbers. We were openly wishing that they could get to capacity at a point in time in the playoffs where it made a significant difference, mm-hmm. and that has happened. That has happened. We we talked last year during the bubble. Isn't this a shame? That you and I and Zach Lind were sitting in a golf club restaurant watching the Suns mm-hmm. at one point last year. And we were talking about, and, and if that kind of energy drove us to go someplace to watch something in a place where we felt like, okay, there's nobody here, this is cool. Yeah. That was probably felt all over the valley. And now, in so all of that pent up energy, all of the pent up appreciation. All of the 11 years, it's all just funneling into something that's really, really powerful. Yeah, but Monty hit a good point. They were great in, in Game 1. Need them just as much yeah, in Game 2. true. So can't wait to see what the energy is like tonight. Coming up, final thoughts as we close out the uh, Wednesday show and continue to get you ready for Game 2. Nuggets and Suns here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Weekly and Murata. Song of the Day. Today's song of the day, the great, late, or late, great, Stevie Ray Vaughan, iconic guitar player. This house is a-rockin'. Don't bother knocking. What could this be about? (laughs) What could this Um, be tied to what we talked about today? (laughs) The amount of, uh, I mean, our phone has been ringing all day. People are, hey, can you... Apparently the phone lines at ESPN 620 AM have been ringing, too, during the Diamondbacks broadcast. We haven't even given out that phone number. The the demand for people to want to be part of this is just awesome. This is the same when we gave them away on, on Monday. Same thing. Four hours straight of listeners not listening to us. But also <laughs> being very excited for the sun scene. If I had a dollar over the past two weeks... For every time I've been asked, hey, you got any you got any connection for tickets? Hmm? 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 Yeah, oh yeah. I would have many dollars. You would oh, have yeah. enough money oh, to I buy tickets for all the people that asked. And let me say this, pre-pandemic, I had access to two seats for every game. Very good seats for every Suns uh-huh. game. Yeah, he used I them would, once. I would estimate that over that four and a half years, three and a half years, I guess it was, I probably ate those tickets 65% of the time. I'm not saying I'm mad you're on the bandwagon. Just don't call me. <laughs> right? Yeah, let me just right. say this. I don't, right. have, I don't have tickets. Right. Uh, there's today's song of the day. I'm Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. Going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Listen, if Joker does not, like to, like when you're a star, like Joker is, he's the MVP, he has to win his battle 
in a playoff series. Yes. He has – your stars – like, we, we – Seth Curry had a terrific game tonight. Shake Milton had a terrific game. Joel has to win his battle every night. Trey Young has to win his battle. So, uh, the, the one thing we said after the game the other night, listen, man, if Joker don't dominate Aiden, Denver's not going to win this series, plain and simple. That's Charles Barkley on TNT last night talking about the importance of the MVP, Nikola Jokic. He'll uh, play his first game with that uh, title uh, attached to his resume. Uh, The question remains, can he play better than he did in Game 1, which was uh, arguably, although Gamble called it clearly, a win for for DeAndre Ayton. If it's that close, it is a win for DeAndre Ayton. That's yeah. that's the point. You don't we, you don't have to sit here and argue what a knockout it was. It, it playing him to a draw is a win for the Suns. Yeah, and that's because Ayton is the Suns' third best player. Yeah. yeah. So if he plays their best player to a draw, yeah. then that's in the Suns' favor. Right. Yeah. You know what that means? Bad news for the Nuggets. Oh, boy. <laughs> I played Charles Barkley, of course, not only to hear well, what he had to say, but also mm-hmm. to give you an idea of what the voice sounds like. So we played the uh, Charles Barkley impersonator, Danny Ruyer from uh, the yeah. Fan 106.7 in D.C. He made his way onto TNT, so you had Charles interviewing Charles last night. Well, this is, this is the first question for Chuck. This is Chuck. I want to ask you, first of all, like I say, uh, how come when it's your turn to talk, <laughs> You put your right hand down on the podium like this and brace yourself like it's an earthquake. Why you do that? <laughs> you have to speak with power. You have to speak with conviction. Let people know you in the room. So you do put your hand down to get their attention first and foremost. That, that didn't make no sense. Now, here's my next question for Chuck. This is also Chuck. <laughs> when it's Kenneth turn to talk, Ernie throw it to Kenneth. So Ernie got the ball. It's not a real ball, but it's a, it's a pretend ball. And he throw it to Kenneth. Why come does it look like, at first, like I say, that Kenny looks like he's about to give toddler bad news? Why does he have that pain expression on his face when it's his time? I can answer that. <laughs> Go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead, Kenny. Back to you. Because, <laughs> hey, 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 Chuck, because every time you ask me a question, Chuck, I have to hear it, like, first of all, and it's not really first of all. Yeah, it's yeah. usually second of all, a third of all, a fourth of all, a fifth of all. I mean, that's just fantastic stuff. And he worked in the, the Charles Barkley. You should book him as a guest, Jarrett. Cam Cox got him. <laughs> you look motivated. I'm going on vacation. He worked in the, like yeah. I say, yeah. which, which that, we, 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 I mean, we talked to Charles enough, too, that it, it does pop up. That, that's just that's such, a great, that's a great a impression. impression. It really is. That's, yeah. you got it, once you get down the idiosyncrasies, the, the, like I say, or first of all, that's how you make a great impression because a lot of people right. can imitate the voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's getting the cadence and the specifics down that make a great impression. And then the the, the final level is adding real humor to it. Right, Your a- own actual jokes yeah. in with right. the impression. Right. Well done. It's excellent. Uh, but going back to the act- and and the fact that Charles Barkley embraces it tells you something That's about fun Charles. With it, yeah. The people who don't who can't stand being impersonated by others. I've seen that too often. It, it you need to be able to laugh at yourself, right? No matter what, no matter what the situation. Yeah, I. Everybody says that, but it's a rare few that can do it. Yeah, that's that outstanding. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, if you played somebody impersonating my laugh right now, I'd get really bothered. 
<laughs> or <have you> been, <laughs> even the clip of your laugh, you get really bothered. Yes, I do. Don't play it, Jerry. Okay, I won't, I won't. Or your vacation will start I sooner won't, than okay. you think. <laughs> uh, but going back to the real trouble. Where are you going, Barclays. Jarrett? Going to. I don't want to reveal exactly where because, you know, the, the groupies and the. Oh, yeah. I want a, right. Family to be left alone, but uh, San Diego area. Okay. So okay. Like, uh, Okay, San Diego area. Yeah. The greater Begins with area. a C and rhymes with Prado. Are you going to La Jolla? <laughs> <laughs> you going to Legoland? Um, what do you think of, like, we heard from Charles there. Mm. He, he makes sense. Jokic has got to be better than what he was well, for Denver game two. It, 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 we also had a prediction on today's show from, from uh, our guy D-Mac in Denver that uh, Jokic will embarrass DeAndre. Yeah, tonight. that's funny. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I I think that um I think Charles Barkley's right on the money. That if you're the MVP, you've got to be the star of this game. And if DeAndre Ayton mutes that or snuffs that out, yeah, it's good news. Uh, by the way, a matchup predictor, ESPN Basketball Power Index, and I checked it this morning. Suns fifty nine point four percent chance to win this game. Win probability for the Suns on five thirty eight dot com seventy percent. Wow. That being said, tonight, Suns win, 109-103. And, of course, we'll break it all down tomorrow. Thanks to our guest, uh, Darren McKee. Thanks to Luke Lipinski. Kellen Olsen for joining us for the uh, roundtable as well. Stick around. More Suns Nuggets coverage with Burns and Gambo. Coming up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great day, everybody.